Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It is Super Bowl Eve. Oh, wait. No, this is across the Cavs. We don't talk about football here. This is a Cleveland Cavalier zone. I got a couple of guests with me. Dan Jelinski of King James Gospel. And, of course, Justin Matcham of Cavalier Central Pod. We're here tonight to talk about Matthew Dellavedova. We are not talking about the fact that the Bucks just beat the Cavs by 25. In this reality, that didn't actually happen. Talking about Matthew, Justin, first off, I want to welcome you. Dan, I want to welcome you. And Justin, tell me, in short, you know, when you think of Matthew Dellavedova in Cleveland, that is, forget the Milwaukee years, what do you think of? Just someone who, I guess, if I just, the, the first thing that pops into mind when I think of a guy like Dellavedova is the guy who had to be hospitalized after games in the 2015 finals because he literally just had literally no energy left you know a guy who drank coffee before games to give him more energy just I guess it, it just in short someone who used every ounce of his ability and then some uh and has made quite the career out of it well said Justin Dan how about yourself first thoughts when the name Matthew Delavadova comes to mind yeah Deli it's just all just grit toughness um heady player i guess i guess it would be a bad pun but literally heady um <laughs> would uh, i don't know whenever there was a ball on the floor um always would be a guy going after it uh was a good on ball um perimeter defender early on um still a heady team defender um throughout his career and whenever he's been on the floor um just would just add a juice yeah, he, he did some really good things at the end of last season. And it's easy to remember that he only averaged what, three points and three assists for the season. He shot inside of 22% from three, but he actually had a really impactful season. People also don't remember, and I'd probably be one of them, if we just go from last season to this season, you're not going to remember everything because March to, uh, to December is a long time. It's three quarters of a year. He had some good games there when Garland was out. And, you know, the, I like you use the word heady and he's on the floor for loose balls. That's actually how he got his concussion. And it's also how he got Al Horford ejected from a playoff game. As you guys, I'm sure, remember back in, mm-hmm. I think it was the first year, 2015, right? Delhi's going for the loose ball. Horford comes in with a WWE elbow and gets ejected. And for an undrafted second year man to have that kind of impact on a playoff team, Justin, right off the bat, I, that was Delhi. Yeah, that 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 is just that's Delhi. Um, you know, someone who has always found a way to make an impact. Whether I mean, you look at you know the, the course of his career, the the jump shot kind of has come and gone. But just someone who you know, we, we look at what he did last year, um, obviously struggled in that sense, but to still provide so much. Um, always someone who you can rely on to make the right decision with the ball. Um, uh, you know, throughout his career, always been a low turnover guy, just always somebody who could be relied upon and was never going to, you know, give you a, a supernova breakout performance. But I mean, you're talking again about a second year undrafted guy who you can trust to really make something happen in a playoff game. That's not something that you can, you know, that, that's not something to just dismiss and ignore. Yeah. And keeping it, on the topic of his first playoff appearance, Dan, you know, Kyrie, people are going to look to the NBA finals when he got hurt in overtime of game one, but he was in and out of the lineup throughout the playoffs. And I think it was the Chicago series game, game six, six 
where Delhi fills in for Kyrie, scores 19, by the way, 19 a magic number because that was Jeff Green's sidekick 19 that helped them to gain a game seven win three years later. But Delhi scored 19 going against Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler in, and I mean, for a kid from St. Mary's that just wasn't drafted, that worked his way into the rotation as a 25, 30-minute guy, even when everyone was healthy, he proved right there, Dan, that what he had done in the regular season and what he had worked up to was no fluke. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it just showed that Delhi was just a dog, um, is one. Just a guy that mentally has always had it. And I, I just thought it kind of spoke volumes that um, – Despite the rough years, um, I think his rookie year was the last year before LeBron came back. Um, it seemed like he, LeBron was a big fan of his, and um, performances like that showed that he, he belonged. And it's really unfortunate when you look at his playoff run, uh, year two, his final time in the playoffs, the Cav, when they went and actually won it. He played a lot against Detroit, played very well, played well against Atlanta. As many started to dwindle against Toronto, was not in the rotation for game six and seven. But still, you know, it's the effort he put forth the prior year. You know, the dehydration, as Justin mentioned, he had to be hospitalized for that. He drinks coffee before the game. I mean, that's probably part of it, is that you're, you're drinking the one thing that, that kind of keeps you from being extremely hydrated as your energy boost. I mean, maybe only Boris Diaw would support him. I know he drank it before every game. That's well, before I play, I drink it a fair amount too. So I re- wait, re- it, like specifically, not because you're going to drink it and then play. It's just it's ritual for you. Uh, I mean, not like ritual, but I'd say like a good half the time. I don't, I don't know why. I just I drink three cups a day generally anyway. But it kind of mm-hmm. gives gives you kind of a jolt, obviously. We were just saying, Dan, to the undersized, you know, energy small ball four, he's got he's to get that energy boost in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Sometimes you know, if I take threes in the corner, I shoot them off the top of the backboard like Jetty, too. Yeah. If we were you know, uh, going away from the Cavs, we could mention 20 players that have done it in the last week. But, alas, we are talking about the Cavs. I mentioned at the outset, this is across the Cavs. It's not across the universe or across the NBA world. So Jetty Osman, sadly, the only guy we can think of. I mean, Jared Allen hits from the corner. Jetty doesn't. What does that say about society? <laughs> it says that it's, <laughs> it's an interesting one. But uh, keeping it now on the topic of Della Vadova, uh, Justin, I remember where I was. I'll, I'll start and then pass to you. Where When I when Della Vadova got traded back to the Cavs, it was, I think, it was December 3rd, 2018. I was announcing a basketball game for Hunter College. It was homecoming against Baruch. Hunter was down 25 at the start of the second half, actually forced overtime on a wild last second three, took the lead in overtime before losing. One of my favorite basketball games I've ever called in which the home team actually didn't win. I found out the news close. I think it was, I don't know if it was, it might've been the women's game, which was before that I found out the news. And you know, you know how it works, Justin, as a uh, team manager for uh, Bowling Green that you got to be focused on the game, right? You can't be behind a device. And look, I, I, I have my laptop in front of me when I call basketball, although it's been a long time missing it right now, but I'm looking at this and I see on Twitter because my phone's away. I don't get the notification. I'm not going to check that uh, breaking news. Cavaliers acquire Matthew Delavadova. And I've never been yelled at so many times for not paying attention when announcing basketball as I was that day, because Matthew Dolovadova was back in Cleveland 
Justin, this felt like a dream. You know how how he's always been my favorite player, but what, what was your reaction when you read that George Hill was gone and Matthew was coming home just about two and a half years after helping bring the Cavs a title? Well, obviously, it just kind of seemed like a win-win at the time. Um, the Cavaliers also got John Henson in that trade, who was, you know, something interesting. I and mean, we can always kind of look at the, the tree of players and how that became Andre Drummond and whatnot. But uh, I think looking at that trade as a whole, that was, the, yeah, you're right, the, the George Hill trade, in which I think we also netted a first-rounder. But I remember, yeah, just yeah. being excited. Um getting you know a good return for a guy like George Hill getting a certain someone who we had to wait for in John Henson but someone who I was also eager to see play at the time and then getting to bring back Matthew Delvadova who had kind of it seemed like you know the, the Delvadova you know experience didn't go as planned for Milwaukee specifically um, I, I don't think he ever brought exactly what they you know had hoped that maybe he would uh, he had kind of fallen out of the rotation and a little bit by the end of his time there but uh, I think it just – it kind of shows the impact of, you know, what, what he just means to this city in particular, which is, you know, someone who was on that championship team. Um, again, went from a guy who wasn't – I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is that he really kind of went from a guy who wasn't all that important to what was happening over in Milwaukee. And then, you know, obviously on the court he wasn't a game changer, you know, totally, but – comes to, you know, Cleveland and the role really just completely switches. I mean, he's one of the most important locker room voices for this young team. Um, he's playing a lot more than he did in Milwaukee. He played really, really well. Um, again, you know, just as a facilitator on the floor and someone who could help bring along a young guy like Colin Sexton, I think was, was really, really important. I think he's, he's always been important there. So, yeah, I just remember being excited to see him come back. Uh, Dan, what was going through your mind when uh, we got word via Adrian Wojnarowski? Wojnarowski. Just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Justin host the rest of this one because his pronunciations. Wait, how do you pronounce Giannis's last name, Justin? Anadokounmpo. Uh, unreal. Dan, uh, thoughts when uh, Delhi was brought back via Woj tweet? Well, admittedly, I mean, I, I immediately changed into a Hawaiian shirt and got a Miller White, um, but. Yeah, it was just to piggyback off of Justin said, um, I, I I thought it was a solid return for George Hill at the time. I mean, th at this point, essentially led to Jared Allen um, through the grapevine. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was just good to see um, kind of Delhi return to his quote unquote home, if you will. Um, I, I thought it was kind of a two headed thing and that it was good to have Delhi back um, kind of in a natural bench role. I thought and that immediately he kind of came back. I think he had a standing O his first game back and which was the right thing um, and immediately brought juice to him um, in that bench role. And I, I thought it allowed, it was good for the Cavs as well. And that it really allowed Colin to kind of step into that role. And, and we know that there were rocky moments in the reports, whatever, um, but it, it was it was ex exactly what Justin said, a win-win. Yeah, and unfortunately, the year was cut short to a concussion, but I, don't, I didn't even actually remember this guy. So Delhi's first five games, the team went two and three, although Delhi had a positive net rating in four of them, two of which were double-digit losses. He scored in double figures each of his first five games, six of the first seven. So he came in, and he shot 11 of 21 from three which 
is really telling that they missed what he brought and it really stinks. And I, I didn't think that when he suffered the concussion at that point, that in a couple of years ago, and I'll actually, this will segue us into talking about now, Delhi missed the last 16 games with that concussion. It was actually seven, 17 games. He played on March 6th against the Nets, 17 minutes, suffers the concussion. Uh, season ends 34 days later, doesn't come back. So, you know, now, uh, Justin, he suffered this concussion on December 12th. And as we were talking about uh, before the show, it was in our uh, uh, DM chat last night that this happened on December 12th. You know, February 12th is going to be next Friday. That's, that's two months off. And while it is troubling, uh, Justin, I'm very encouraged that Delhi took to Twitter himself to address the article published in The Athletic, one of the Cavs beat writers saying, I'm not retiring. I'm doing everything I can to come back. I'm very excited with the team's success. And it's also just great to hear from him because we've heard nothing from him as he's gone through his rehab. Yeah, I was excited to see when he tweeted out uh, a couple of days ago that he wanted uh, that he voted uh, for Colin Sexton in the All-Star game. Yep. Um, that was just kind of like a, hey, you know, Del Vidova, you're still out there. Kind of good to see. But um, yeah, it was it was really just kind of sad to see the reports coming out that maybe he was going to you know seriously be considering retirement. Um, and at the time that those reports came out, obviously, you know, Delhi came out and said, you know, otherwise, but it was understandable. I mean, this is a guy who we know has, you know, suffered multiple concussions in the past and is still, you know, struggling to come back from this one. Uh, we'll see, you know, obviously there's more hope and optimism now, but, you know, reports were that, you know, even, you know, now this is a guy who was still having trouble, you know, ramping up his workouts without experiencing symptoms. But uh, to, for, to have him, yeah, come out and say that, you know, retirement is not his mind at all. Um, and he's not, you know, looking just at this Cavs team, but also Team Australia that he, that he wants to play for in the Olympics as well. So, you know, there's a lot of incentive for him to come back. And it's just, it's good to see that he's, in, in classic Del Vadova fashion, isn't giving up on the, on the, the fight here. Yeah, no, Del Vadova is the definition of be the fight. There's no question about that. And I'd love to see him back with Team Australia because I remember in 2016, I know he's been with them since then. And I watched a lot of their games. I think it was 2019. They they hosted the U.S. a couple times in that crazy arena. I don't understand the seating at all, how far away it was <laughs> or how, how expensive it was to get in. But I want to go back to before that tournament. I really, I think it was 2016, though. It was Ryan Brokoff, not to get off track. But then the starting lineup was Baines, Bogut, I think Ingles with a backcourt of Delhi and Patty Mills. All NBA. They, they've made it That's to the bronze. That's a squad. They made the bronze medal game, and they almost beat Team USA. Della Vadova in the Olympics is a whole different player. I love watching him. That's the only time I ever rooted against the United States of anything, uh, except for the 2010 World Cup and they played South Korea, but that is off the record, even though we are actually recording and people will hear it. It's technically still off the record because we're declaring it off the record. But then uh, assuming that Del Vadova is not done, done yet, when he does come back eventually, which it does sound like he will, the season is a lot of time left. What would you envision his role being? Would it be potentially in the rotation, just a fill-in guy for injuries, just a mentor, or maybe all of the above? Yeah, I think a little bit um, all of the above, if you will. Uh, I, I think just given the litany of injuries the Cavs have had this year, um, Sexton and Garland um, in that mix as well, uh, I, I think, yeah, we'll see him from time to time just kind of fill in 
um, maybe provide some spot minutes here and there. But I, I wouldn't envision a, a big role for him on the floor, but um, it still seems like there's – he seems to be a mentor off the floor, definitely. Um, Sexton and Garland both have um, kind of touched on what Delhi's meant to them, um, his approach to the game, especially as a ball movement uh, sense type um, of influence to have. Um, I would imagine the film room, behind the scenes, whatever. Um, but – it's a good guy to have for if injuries do occur, but I, honestly, I think with what Damian Dotson has actually brought on the floor and is a guy that can um, create for himself here and there um, and is, a, a, I think, still a spacer, um, I, I wouldn't expect him really much in the fold when he's back, if he's back. And Dan, uh, when he does come back, can we argue that Cavs have the, the most, the highest number of explosive lob throwers in the NBA? Could just be, yeah. That's it, those uh, TT lobs will forever live on. No, no doubt about that. We've seen some Dre to Nance, Nance to Dre. We've seen Garland to Allen's been big. Garland to Drummond. You know, Colin to Okoro has actually been an underrated alley oop connection. It's only led, I think, to one dunk, but they've had I think four or five connections on the year. I know we'll see more of that. And Justin, you know, I think it's just, it's a fun thing to look at because the Cavs have been lo- starting to lose a lot. You know, I think we all got, we'll talk a little bit about this season here. So they're 10 and 14. They had been three and zero. you know, they were incredible at the start. We all got a little too excited. There's still a team in rebuilding mode that just happened to pick up some wins to make, to jazz up the record early on, but the lobs they throw generally, you know, they can get them going. And I think it's something they should look for more of, but I, I think it's actually been lacking the last couple of games and it's, it's hurt them quite frankly. Yeah. I think we, when you just look at the, the year in general, um, I think, you know, people got excited early and that that's understandable. I mean, they got off to a hot start uh, and they, I thought that they played some really, you know, tough and gritty games uh, through the, the period of, you know, all the injuries, a time in which the team could have desperately used Matthew Delvadova, by the way. But, um, yeah, I think it, February was always going to kind of be the downfall of this team. Um, and I, I don't think that, you know, it's immediately, you know, give up on the season tank, you know, time to, you know, shoot for the number one pick or any of that. I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, even on nights like tonight where we get, where we get beat by essentially 20-plus, you know, back-to-back nights by the Bucks. I don't think that, you know, these are two games that they perform poorly. And I just think the Bucks are a better team. And, you know, there's, there's clear flaws here um, on this Cavs team that got exposed by a team that has a real shot at winning the championship. But um, focusing on, on Del Vadova in particular, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of am in agreement here with Dan as to I'm not really sure exactly what role he would have on this team if you were kind of reintegrated into the fold today. Um, I think the fact that a guy like Damien Dotson isn't getting minutes is kind of telling as to what Delvadova's role would be. But um, overall, he would provide, you know, you, you talk about the lobs in particular, he would provide, you know, a lot of, you know, fun and kind of energy in that way off the bench, I believe. Um, and, you know, we, we've always talked about, you know, the, 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 Della Vadova to Tristan Thompson lobs in the past, but with the amount of lob targets on this team right now, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Andre Drummond and Larry Nance, uh, having Jared Allen, you know, to, to have some fun on the floor with, I think would be a whole lot of fun to see. Uh, you, you have guys like 
Okoro, even a guy like Tarian Prince isn't going to be, you know, like a, a lob dunk threat, but as a guy that you can throw it up and I think he can catch and finish it as well. So, you know, hopefully that, you know, hoping that we do see Delvadova come back this year, which it seems like, again, I'm, I'm more optimistic today than I was three days ago, but um, whether the role is huge or not, I still think having him around the team is going to be super duper important. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely get some good moments if he is back on the floor. And uh, Dan, now question for you here. No matter what happens with Della Vadova the rest of the season, could you still see him occupying a spot on the roster as a player next year? Yeah, next year I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on that now. Um, as Justin and I, I, I don't remember if us three have talked about it, but um, I know our buddy Amadou. So um, we, I, I'd be a fan of. Uh, a fan of him being on the Jack Jumpers next year. Okay. That has been discussed quite a bit on the Cavalier Central podcast, by the way. That was the team that he was – or a team that was rumored to – Be pursuing. Yeah, like in the offseason before Is that, is that NBL back. action in the NBL? I believe so, yes. I, I, I remember think exactly where. Pretty sure it is. But, yeah, I don't remember the city, though. Take a quick look. Uh, the Tasmania Jack Jump. Yes, that is it. That is it. Head coach Scott Roth, Australian team based in Hobart, Tasmania. That, that didn't work. Uh, they Oh, they're a new team next yeah, year. They're, they're looking for a, a marquee addition, and oh. we're hoping that Delhi could be that guy. Right, well, well, if we lose Delhi, we're going to blame Larry Kestelman, who is the owner. He's only 54. He's a young guy. Okay. The executive director of the whole league, the man who saved Australian basketball. Whoa, oh, this guy's a, okay. So we'll see what happens. But all Oops. right, that's uh, you know, I mean, the new Jazz owners are like thirty-five, uh, Ryan Miller. So I guess anything goes. And now you know, do you know that Kevin Martin owns a team there too? He's only thirty-eight. Him and uh, Josh Childress, they co-own a team. Wow, it's great. Link- LinkedIn tells you everything. It's it's. Jeez. Kevin Martin, by the way, doesn't even have the 500-plus connections. He's got to be the only athlete I've ever seen that has a legitimate account that, that doesn't have that high number. So I guess exclusivity is something. But all right, as we, uh, as we wrap up here, Justin, you know, at the end of the day, you know, take as long as you'd like with this. When you think of Matthew Dolovadova's time with the Cleveland Cavaliers, you started with the short synopsis, take as long as you want. What will his time in Cleveland have meant to you? It's a long time. You could probably, I could probably say life t- uh, lifelong fan of the team. Well, I do just want to start before we get into that by saying that uh, if you look at uh, Matthew Delvadova's announcement that he was you know, still coming back from this injury on Twitter, his recent post, the very first comment is from a Tasmanian writer. I don't know what he writes about. I'm assuming maybe sports, but um, saying, get well, Delhi. Can't wait to see you back on the court. And when your time is done with the Cavs, the Tassie Jack Jumpers are still looking for an inaugural marquee. We're so proud to welcome. We'd be so proud to welcome you. So oh, Jack Jumpers are still recruiting hard. But um, anyway, yeah, just talking about what mean what Delvadova will mean. You know how I'll remember him. I guess I should say is just as you know as everybody on the 2016 roster, and you know from. LeBron and Kyrie to Sasha Cowan, you know, all of those guys I will remember fondly as champions. And yeah, just someone who, again, who, I mean, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but just the type of guy that any team would love to have. And again, I mentioned that 
you know, the Bucks, I think, didn't really exactly utilize them correctly. And he, he had some struggles there. But every team, you know, who picks up undrafted free agents and who signs, you know, undrafted free agents now, and we see it a lot more with two-way guys now, every team like that is hoping to find the next guy like Del Vadova, who, you know, may not be the most talented. And obviously, you know, he, he wasn't drafted for a reason at the time but is able to prove, you know, people wrong and prove what he's worth through that hustle and energy. So just the guy that, you know, any team would love to have, obviously Cleveland has loved him. Um, A pro's pro through and through and a champion is how, you know, I think he'll be remembered here. Yeah. Very well said, you know, definitely a pro's pro. And I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out who this writer uh, represents so that we can we can clear the air with him on across the caps. You know I, I think I think it's gotta happen. He's you now he's he's got the blue check. He's not messing around. Yeah yeah. There you go. But, but, all right Dan, uh, as we wrap up our Delvadova special, and then throw some stakes on the Bobby. No, no, I was watching the HEB Spurs commercial where they made Patty Mills say that at the end of it. They they like wouldn't let him say anything else. So I had to. Get my poor impression in. Shout out Patty Mills, Delhi's teammate of Australia. But uh, what has Delhi meant to you, uh, Dan, as a longtime basketball fan of the Cavaliers? Oh, well, uh, I, I would just say he's pretty much the token, um, the Elmer of glue guys, if you will. Um, just, <laughs> just like has, that. just yeah. has always. Uh, Again, it's always just been a guy that can always count on to be that energy guy um, when he's been utilized right, uh, as, as Justin kind of touched on. Um, has always, I would just say the lobs, um, Just it just seems like whenever he's been in there, uh, has always kind of just been that fan favorite guy for um, the right reasons right reasons i don't know what happened with his shot last year exactly to be honest with you um but just another guy that bought into his role fully uh whenever he was regardless of the situation he was in and i don't know, just always has been a guy that given the kind of odds that he had stacked up against him um it's just it was a really hard guy not to like yeah, there is a lot to like about that man. And I just want to – I've always talked about his game against the Heat being kind of when I was introduced to him because I didn't watch a ton of the Cavs' early season games in the 13-14 season. So obviously, I'm a New Jersey guy, so I caught the game against the Nets. He only played seven minutes against Miami. I think it was maybe it was against the Spurs. He started three in a row at this point. You know, there were some injuries. And the one – by the time this game happened, there, was, there were stretches of – of uh, play guys where he wouldn't get a ton of minutes it was the game against the pistons where they were down 20 plus in the fourth and down several starters and delhi was just exceptional. oh is that the was that the waiters game that was the waiters game remember they're down 21 in the fourth it was That's right uh delhi dion and uh jared jack just going absolutely nuts dion hit the buzzer beat it was my wallpaper for a long time delhi had 21 in that game with six assists and I just remember him as the guy that worked hard, you know, in the current NBA, you know, Fred Van Vliet and TJ McConnell are the cream of the crop of undrafted players. I'm, I might be missing guys, but those are the first two I think of. TJ McConnell is part of the OG Sixers process, and he just put up 15 assists for Indiana last night. 
when they have all their main guards healthy other than Karis LeVert. So that's very telling that he's still a very good player who was obviously overlooked by Philly a couple of years ago. So good that he has a new home. And, you know, Fred VanVleet just put up 54 in the last week. So it's only fitting that we're talking about Delhi. You talk about these undrafted studs. Lamar Stevens is never going to be a statistical, statistically dominant player, but he has had the makings of being a guy the Cavs can count on. I was very excited when they drafted him. I thought he was more of a four slash five. I had no idea he'd be playing two for the Cavs, but he's been good. He plays hard, but, but getting it back to Delhi, you know, whether he was wearing eight or 18, and when I ordered my Delhi jersey his rookie year, it was a number nine jersey, guys. And then uh, right after we ordered it, the Cavs brought in Luol Dang. Whether or not he wanted to be there it was for another show, but Delhi changed his number, had to send the jersey back and get the number eight. So it took a little while, but that's my guy. You know, a grad gift I got, probably the best gift I've ever gotten. Delhi won sneaker, you know, wore it proudly for a couple of years, wore through them. But I mean, I had some of my best games wearing those. My floater was as good as our man, Matthew, he's a hard worker. He came back to Cleveland. You know, he never complained when his role dissipated. The, his floater in game three of the finals, you know, gave me chills, honestly, because guys, one thing about Delhi is we'll wrap up in a sec. He was never really taken seriously from people outside of Cleveland. You know, Al Horford and Taj Gibson in the playoffs, I'll tell you, they, they didn't like the guy. He played hard, but I don't think he was ever taken seriously. You know, I'm, I guarantee that when Kyrie was out, the Bulls went into game six saying, we're going to beat them. They don't have Kyrie. And what does he do? He scores 19, you know, 2015 finals. Uh, no Kyrie, no Kevin Love. The Warriors probably thought they're going to get a sweep. They won the, you know, they were dominating. So that was a couple of years later. Never, they were, it was one nothing. Delhi comes in in games two and three, just plays his heart out, hitting – Forced an air ball on Curry, by the way. That, that's impossible. I, I don't think it's happened since. He hit the clutch free throws. It's just, he just plays so hard. I've always loved that about him. And my lasting memory of him with the Bucks is a small moment. They're playing the Celtics. The year went to seven games before the Cavs got him back, guys. And Bucks scored with one second left in the first quarter. It was a terrible inbounds, a roll. Delhi. But he sprints ahead, takes the inbound before it could be picked up by Terry Rozier and flips a scoop shot at the buzzer. It's my desktop wallpaper every day until the Cavs got him back. Love the man. And it was only fitting that he gets his own show with, with his career potentially in jeopardy, though it's not. So, Justin, closing thoughts on Matthew Delavadova and what you hope to see from him when he comes back. Well, I just hope to see him back. I think that's the best way that I can put it. And at this point, I think that we probably will. Um, and even if maybe it doesn't happen for the Cavaliers, I, I'd love to see him back with, you know, Australia for the boomers. Um, I just want to see the guy healthy. Um, I know, you know, obviously he wants to be back, you know, just playing basketball right now, preferably with the Cavaliers, but if he can't get here this season, then, you know, just keep on working on it. But I just want to see the guy, you know, get through what he's, you know, gone through at this point with the head injuries. Um, I just want to see him play basketball a few more times. Yeah, absolutely. And Dan, how about you as we wrap up? Yeah, I, I just want to see him back out there um, some capacity if it's regardless of if they're meaningful minutes or not. Uh, it would be nice to see him back out there, um, really kind of get his proper send off um, if it were that with the Cavs and – um, just for the toughness that he's shown and 
um, the energy he's provided and just has always been the model teammate. Uh, it, it would just be nice to have him get a proper send off, but I, I, I just hope like hell that he can be healthy. Yeah, no question about that. I just hope we never have to get emotional over Matthew Dully video tribute when he's playing for another team returning to Cleveland again. You know, I, I can't do that. I won't do that. I will make sure I'm at that game and my reaction would go viral because that's how many tears I would legitimately have watching that video saying we let him get away twice. But, you know, at the end of the day, Dully got his payday from Milwaukee. Cavs ended up paying half that contract when he came back. And it was just a glorious day for me as a, that's always been my guy. Uh, obviously people at home never took me seriously because he was averaging five points a game. They didn't watch the Cavs until LeBron got there and his minutes were already dwindling by then. Always loved him. Always will. Uh, Justin and Dan appreciate both of you hopping on to talk Delhi on this Saturday evening as uh, that'll do it for this edition of across the Cavs for Dan Jelinski, King James gospel and Justin matching the Cavalier central pod. I'm Zach Weiss. This is across the Cavs. Thank you, as always, for listening. Be the fight.